This is the Saturday Morning Serial Podcast with your host, Amanda Ann. Welcome to another episode of Saturday Morning Serial. I'm Amanda Ann, and yeah, Saturday morning, but on a Thursday or Friday whenever you guys are listening to this. <laughs> but today is very exciting because on Tuesday, my boyfriend Mike and I, we got to snag some tickets to the Batman fan premiere, and it was pretty cool. And it's always so much fun to see a movie on opening day, but before we dive into that, what are you guys watching now? I mean, I tried starting Euphoria on HBO Max. Guys, I couldn't get into it. I tried two episodes and I just, I can't. But hey, you know what? If you guys follow me on social media, please let me know if you're watching it and, you know, just what you like about it. And yeah, I'm just watching a lot of true crime documentaries on Hulu and Netflix, like Unsolved Mysteries and, you know, that kind of stuff. So, yeah. But Batman has been such a very much anticipated film to come out this year. So, I have my boyfriend Mike here and we're just going to give a spoiler-free review. So, yeah, let's dive in. So, yeah, Mike got tickets for us for the fan event that was held on March 1st, which was this last Tuesday. And it was pretty exciting because it's not every day you get to see a movie early. And Warner Brothers, they're pretty good at releasing these films for the fans a couple days early. So this was particularly a film where fans rushed to go see it early. And we got comic books with our ticket purchases. And it was pretty cool because... The theater was just so packed and people were just so excited for it. The lights went down and they didn't show any trailers. But it was a countdown that had various stills from the movie and the score was phenomenal. Like I was getting goosebumps before the movie even started just with the background music of the countdown. It was just this dark eerie vibe and I just got like major true crime vibes from it. And going forward, this movie was seriously like a true crime type of thriller for me. What do you think, Mike? I really enjoyed it in the fact that the way they mirror Batman to his villains and the way they treat Batman in this movie and the way they approach his psychology is of a serial killer. They, they have POV shots of the Riddler tracking his victim, and then they have POV shots of Batman following people around. And at one point in the movie, Batman is confronted by the Riddler, and the Riddler says, hey, I thought you were one of us. I thought we were going to be a team together. You know, like, like the psychology of Batman that is applied into this movie is someone of a, a stalker and someone who has to go into a room and and prioritize targets and make a make a plan ahead before he he strikes it's it's very interesting yeah and batman in this film is played by robert pattinson which for me i was thrilled because i am a longtime stan of robert pattinson all the way back from chamber of secrets and i just remember so much sitting in the theater watching Chamber of Secrets and falling in love with Cedric Diggory and then fast forward to Twilight 
I admittedly was a twihard for the first movie, but I kind of fell out of it afterwards because I was like, okay, this is for like small children. <laughs> but I never lost my love for Robert Pattinson and this movie certainly didn't make me, I actually fell back in love with him and all I can think about is his jawline. <laughs> I think he was a good Batman, but Mike, you think he was... I really, I really like his Bruce Wayne. His Bruce Wayne to me is very interesting in the fact that it's not the typical genius billionaire playboy philanthropist that we've seen in like the Bale movies where he had this like alter ego like this Bruce Wayne is just a mess he is mm -hmm. psychologically damaged and he is reclusive and even though he's kind of like a hermit people still recognize him he's still famous but He's not this one who has this alter ego going around spending money and kind of trying to throw people off the scent that he's Batman. I just liked his subtle facial, facial features, just as Batman and as Bruce, because he just has this very, like, serious... He, he I, I, Robert Pattinson can just, like, act with his face very much. Like, he doesn't even have to move for me to know what kind of feelings he's conveying so i feel like with that regard he did really good as batman and um zoe kravitz she played selena kyle who is a Catwoman, but it was kind of like you know she's not really Catwoman yet and she says uh zoe says it in press tours that she considers the character more of selena than labeling it Catwoman. but i thought she was a really good like kind of like a I wouldn't say sidekick to Batman, but a counterpart. I thought she balanced off Robert Pattinson really well. Yeah, very much so like uh, a wasp to Pattinson's Ant-Man or mm -hmm. a, um, a Black Widow to their Captain America. Very much so regarded as an equal partner. Yeah, and then we got Paul Dano as the Riddler. Yes, he was phenomenal, very uncomfortable. And when I'm uncomfortable when it comes to a villain, that means they're doing their job. And I thought the Riddler was great. He was very manic and just overall a great villain. Probably, like, I mean, I love the Joker. I've, I love uh, the Dark Knight movies with Heath Ledger as the Joker. But, you know, this Riddler guy, he really... He was really good. I thought he was the best part of the movie, for, you know, in my perspective. He just brought the situation forward in Batman's face and wanted to compare himself to Batman, which makes it really interesting. Because at the beginning of the movie, Batman goes, and it's in the trailer as well, that I'm vengeance. And that's what the Riddler is after, is vengeance. The Riddler, the Riddler in my perspective, he was actually after justice, but he was so dark and perverted and violent that it was vengeance and batman goes around saying he is vengeance and catwoman calls him vengeance as sort of like this nickname but we really know batman is supposed to be a symbol of justice and it it kind of this whole movie kind of takes batman on the journey of can you differentiate personal vengeance from truthful justice so Andy Serkis plays Alfred, and Alfred's actually one of my favorite characters in the Batman universe. I really loved Michael Caine's performance, so he had pretty big shoes to fill. I thought he was okay. 
What do you think? For me, he really wasn't given much time to develop. In a, a three-hour movie, I really wanted some more Alfred Batman, Alfred Bruce Wayne type of development and, and banter and just more Alfred because he's just so important because he's the only sort of family that Bruce Wayne has left and we really don't get too much development on there. And the only sort of thing he does is inform Bruce Wayne about like what kind of people his parents really were and I wanted more Alfred. I think he's okay. I still yeah. prefer Michael Caine. Michael Caine to me is the definitive Batman's Alfred but Andy Circus did a, a decent job. Michael Caine just has that butler tone of voice to it. <laughs> like, hello, sir. <laughs> and then we got Colin Farrell as Oz, a.k.a. the Penguin. And we're not going to disclose what role he plays in the story, because spoiler. And then we also have Jeffrey Wright that plays Lieutenant James Gordon. And he was definitely Batman's, like, <laughs> it was almost like a buddy cop type of situation with them, too. I really like the dynamic between them. Uh, I, I'm really familiar with uh, the Hunger Games movies and in those movies Jeffrey Wright was in the last two and he was recently in the Marvel What If series as the Watcher mm -hmm. and the guy has such a definitive voice and he is he's very hard to actually differentiate his voice from Batman's voice because they're both like <laughs> really low and gravelly so but yeah, the, the dynamic they have, it's it's really good, and it's one of, of partners, and one where they, Batman and Gordon, uh, really do have to help each other to meet their goals. So going back to the cast and talking about Colin Farrell as the Penguin, I kind of have a problem with this casting um, and this performance, and his dialogue for me, it was all very much campy. It was all very much in line with something that would be in the Burton movies. And it was Colin Farrell, which is a very good looking man, very, and a very nice Irish accent. And they put him, you know, a hundred pounds under all this makeup. And it's like, What's so great about Colin Farrell that you have to take him and put him in all this makeup and you can't just get a, an actor that already looks like that because there's mm -hmm. plenty of those in Hollywood. So I'm curious about their decision and why they would justify that type of work to be put into a performance. So this movie was directed by Matt Reeves. It was written by Matt Reeves, Peter Craig, and Bill Finger. And... I So overall with this movie, I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it. It was just kind of in the middle for me, and there were times where I was like, okay, how long has it been? Because this is a three-hour movie almost, and it drags a little bit. There's parts where I felt like could have been cut short for more action sequences. I felt like a lot of the action sequences were a little choppy, and they were just cut really short. And, but yeah, there was just a lot of times where Batman or Bruce was just kind of wallowing and, you know, it was like, come on, get to the point already. Uh, it was just, yeah, a little draggy at times. I felt these movie, a uh, three hour, like detective movie, I feel like it only works if you have, if you have clues to piece together as you're watching, if there's some type of 
audience engagement with the narrative as you as you watch and for this movie we all know that it's the riddler the riddler is the bad guy and the comic book that they handed out to us at this fan screening was batman the long halloween and i read that a couple years ago and what's great about that comic is is that the engagement is you're in Batman and Gordon's shoes as they try to figure out who the holiday killer is. And when you find out who it is and, and it's been revealed and everything kind of clicks into place, it's, it's, it's a great ending and it's a great reveal. And it kept you reading throughout the whole period. But this movie, you kind of already have all the information you need to know what's happening and the only motive they provide to watch the movie is it will deepen your understanding and it will change your perspective on characters that you are very much already familiar with from other Batman movies. So it like like Amanda said, for me it does it does drag. It is a slower movie, but it the story is interesting of itself, but is it the best Batman story on screen, I I don't think so. I I still would rank this below the first two Nolan movies and probably underneath the Burton movie as well. The first Burton movie as well. Yeah, I think overall I summarize this movie as hot fuzz, true crime documentary with a side order of Titanic. Like if you blend all those together, you get this movie. <laughs> Yeah, the third act, for for everything that is set up in the first two acts of this movie, the third act is very rushed. It's at the point where you're already like, okay, this movie needs to end, we need to wrap things up, and then the third act happens, you're like, oh, mm -hmm. this is going to happen now, and this is happening, and we have to explore the consequences of what happened, and... It just went so fast. It was, it was, a, it was a quick third act, yeah. and... A lot of movies nowadays, they have, they're about a half an hour first act, they have an hour and a half second act, and then they have about a 30 minute to an hour third act. And this Batman movie probably had uh, maybe like a 20 minute first act, and then it had two and a half hours worth of second act, and then the rest of the movie was all the third act. And... Mm -hmm. It was, it was kind of a drag. Yeah, I really wanted to see more of Catwoman, too. And I really liked how she had a ton of cats. Because she's Catwoman. She's cool like that. Uh, but yeah, there, like I said, it was so rushed. And I just felt, like, unsatisfied, I guess, after that third act. Because I, I don't know. It just kind of lost me at that point. Everything just started to happen. So, and then it's like... For me, things that happened in the third act, I was trying to rack my brain to remember what happened in, like, the first act that transpired to, you know, come up with all this at this, you know, end, this resolution, so. In my opinion, the cast is great. The cinematography is great. I really appreciate the, the redder colors of the color grading and all the reds in contrast to the blacks. Mm-hmm. And how that was such a unique way to frame Gotham. And I really did enjoy the almost Seattle and Vancouver level of like rain 
in the movie because it's always raining in this movie and you just feel wet watching this movie you feel like you're drenched and everything everything that should make a great movie it's it's all there but in my opinion it doesn't come together very strongly in the end Mm -hmm. to really justify a three-hour movie but this movie is going to be followed up by a couple of uh, HPO shows. Um, one I hear is going to have The Penguin, and one is going to be about James Gordon. So I'm looking forward to kind of revisiting this world in a pretty much an hour-to-hour basis and, and seeing how that does. Yeah, I mean, one thing that I have kind of grown into is the DC-verse you know, just with Batman, and I watched, like, Suicide Squad, Justice League, and they're not half bad movies. Like, I I went into these movies pretty cold, and, yeah, I especially really like Batman. I really like the Dark Knight series movies. Those were good. Yeah, and like I said earlier, too, I really loved the score to this film. I had goosebumps before the movie even started. Michael G is, like, the new MVP of superhero scores. I mean... He's done The Incredibles, he's done the Batman movie, which we just saw, and he's done all three of the last Spider-Man movies, mm-hmm. and the guy is hanging out of the park. Yeah, he does a lot of Pixar films, and that's how I know him through, is like, you know, he just did Coco, Inside Out, he even did Zootopia, and then my favorite thing, like, ever, Toy Story of Terror. So, you know... Great job to him with this, though. I mean, it just matched the mood so well. And like I said, I'm really into the dark, thriller, true crimey type of shows and documentaries. I'm weird like that. But that music was really fitting. So all in all, go see this movie. I mean, Batman fans, you know, you have something to be really excited about. But one thing, leave the kids at home. We saw, I saw a lot of small children and did not think this movie was suited for kids at all. There's a lot of blood, a lot of gore, some sexual theming to it. Yeah, what do you think, Mike? Yeah, there's a lot of um, romance in this movie too, I guess. Kind of Batman and Catwoman kind of either falling for each other or just kind of giving in to their desires. It's okay. And as Amanda was saying, lots of small children... This movie isn't for children at all in any respect. I wouldn't take my nieces or my nephew in the future to, to see it. And if they were under the age of, like, I don't know, 12. 12. It's just, it's long, it's, it's slow, and it's very adult. And the fact that you can go to, like, Target and you can see Funko Pops and Legos and all sorts of kid-friendly merchandise with Robert Pattinson's Batman on it. It's it's a big mistake by Warner Brothers marketing it to such a smaller attention span audience like that. Yeah, Walmart yesterday had a whole display and it was like a kitty towel with a hood and, you know, just stuff like that front and center for kids, you know, be like, oh my god, Batman! And they might want to go see it, but no, I wouldn't. And with that, that will do it for this episode. I really appreciate you guys listening in, and I hope you guys take care, and I will talk to you next time.